Welcome to the Shed the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Whitens, online women's mental and emotional wellness coach, educator, and mental health advocate. My mission is to create and embrace a new norm of processing emotions and healing trauma. This will allow us to collectively shed the shame, guilt, and stigmas around mental health, emotional well-being, and self-care. It's long overdue for society to empower women to shamelessly focus on their own health and wellness so they can self-heal and, in turn, model that healing in their relationships and especially for their children. This podcast is a place for inspiration, education, and tools on how to confidently break the societal patterns that keep us stuck, unhappy, and unfulfilled in life. It's time to start creating the healthy and happy life you've always dreamed of. Together, we can do this one episode at a time. So without further ado, let's dive right in and shed the shame. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to drop this quick announcement for you to let you know that the Confidently Clear and Connected community is open. This membership is going to help you get unstuck, feel fulfilled, happy, and secure. I created this group to take stuck, lost, and frustrated women by the hand and walk them back home to their most confident and resilient selves. If you're ready to feel empowered, if you don't want to hold back from taking action, if you want to deeply understand yourself and areas where you could use improvement, if you'd like to feel aligned with yourself and your life and start unapologetically communicating your needs, then the Confidently Clear and Connected community is for you. The CCCC is a monthly membership for women that provides a safe, welcoming group that will walk alongside you on your journey back to yourself with guidance, support, and motivation to start doing what it takes to live your best life. I'll teach you how to get unstuck and get clear on where you're going in life and also to heal from the things that have been holding you back. If this interests you, then please visit my website, www.jenwhitenswellness.com and you can check out all the information that's there. If you'd like clarification on anything or have any questions, please feel free to email me at jen at jenwhitenswellness.com or hit me up in the DMs on any social media channel. Hope to see you inside. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shed the Shame. This episode I'm excited for because I have a very, very special guest for you today. And we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of women struggle with. Well, that's like every episode. So that's kind of lame for me to say that. But my very special guest is actually my podcast editor, Shelly. Welcome, Shelly. Hello. Hello, hello. And we were, you know, last week we were chatting about, you know, details of the episode before this and getting things figured out. And it was really funny because she actually was like, hey, so I don't know if you've done an episode on this, but... I was thinking about something that I subconsciously do when I'm trying to reach a goal. And she started talking about the stuff and I was like, um, yes, let's talk about that, please. Because I didn't, it's so funny because I didn't tell you this and I was going to show you this and I forgot until this second, but I literally that morning before we were talking that afternoon, I was journaling like my to do's. And like the things that I wanted to accomplish for the week. And one of the items was book podcast guests. <laughs> and, then we, yeah, and then we started talking and 
I was in and I was like, yes, that's an awesome idea. Actually, why don't you just come on the podcast and we will hash it out together. And then I thought about it later and I was like, holy shit, I totally just manifested that. Like I, I was just going to say down. like manifest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I was like, people are probably sick of just hearing me chatter and lecture and like you know, I want to, I, I love having people on. And so I was like, let's get some podcast guests. And then you gave me that idea. And then I was like, Hey, let's just do this together. That'll be way better. Yeah. Might as well. Absolutely. So we're going to talk today. I've, I've done a goal setting type episode before, but this one's a little different because it's a little more specific to your situation, which I love because a lot of my episodes are, you know, kind of general in nature as far as kind of the topics. And I just kind of give an overview of what to try and do. And so I like this because you were in your, in your text to me, you were like, okay, so I have all these, you called them stepping stones, which I really Yeah. Like. I, I guess I would stepping stones or like micromanagement basically in like your own goals. So like, I know like a a huge thing that you talk about with your clients is like your weight loss goals. Like a huge part of that is like, I, I think a problem that a lot of people run into, not just myself is like making way too big of goals and not doing the mini steps to get to that goal. And instead of like just jumping like five steps ahead, instead of taking the first step, then the second, then the third. But a lot of people want to just jump to like the eighth or ninth step, Mm -hmm. you know, and just expect them to be able to do it. Yeah. And so I guess like in like for an example with that is like, I would set like ridiculously high goals for myself. So like I would want to lose like eight to 10 pounds in a month. And I'm like, oh, that's doable. I can do that. Like I'll just like schedule out my whole month to be like revolve around that. Mm -hmm. But then eventually I would go down to like four pounds a month or like one pound a week. And even that was too much because I would like look at my caloric intake and I would just hyper focus on that almost to the point where it almost became like a health issue. Like I would, instead of like cutting out like maybe a a couple calories here and there, or like changing my diet to be healthier, I would straight up cut out like a thousand calories a day. And it's just like, that's the 10 steps ahead that I'm talking about where people expect them to be like, they expect themselves to be that 10 steps ahead to get to their goal Mm -hmm. faster as if that's going to help them. (laughs) Right. Well, and we thrive on instant gratification and that's it, you know, especially nowadays where everything is just so instant and Mm -hmm. this comes from everywhere. It comes from like technology, especially like, you know, we're on Facebook scrolling and we give a like and we get instant serotonin. Yeah. So it's just like, we, we apply that everywhere in our daily lives, whether we realize it or not. So when you go to your weight loss goals, you do the same thing, expecting the same serotonin release, except Mm -hmm. when we realize that we're fatiguing ourselves, then we get too tired to continue these crazy workouts that we give ourselves. And then we Mm -hmm. feel like a failure because we can't keep up. And then we start all the way back over again. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, so I do that mindset coaching for that women's like weight loss 
group that they're in. And just to clarify, I like I'm the mindset coach for her name is Esther Avant and she has this whole like she, like her thing is fitness and nutrition. She helps women lose weight. And so inside her groups, I'm the mindset coach and she has like lead coaches and different, you know, things going on in there. And her, you know, her programming is, is great. And so when I do the mindset coaching, we actually just had, um, I had a call the other night and every month for the, for anyone who's new, I do an intro to mindset call, which I've actually made one of the, one of my episodes. And in that call, we got into, you know, I said that there's, it, it gets, it gets really difficult when you're like on a journey and you have a goal and you are doing the work and you're trying to put all these new things into practice, right? And it's super mm-hmm. easy. Like at first you're excited and you're gung-ho and you're doing all the things. And then, you know, depending on who you are, what you have going on and, you know, your history and coping mechanisms and shit, either, you know, a week in, two weeks in, a month in, six weeks in, whatever it is, we tend to either hit a plateau or burn out. And like, mm-hmm. like everyone always hits that same spot where they tend to feel kind of not even forced to quit. It doesn't even sound, it doesn't even feel like you're quitting at first because you're so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and you just get into this stall and you get stuck. <sighs> right. Yeah. And then it's hard to get back in. And so what I said to the ladies, I said, what you need to do, because eventually something is going to happen to throw you off track. Either life gets crazy, you know, people get sick, you get sick, whatever. Let's just go with the example of you get sick. And there's always that voice in your head that says, okay, here's all the rules of the new stuff that you're trying to do to reach your goal. You have to do every single fucking one of them, no matter what, or you're a failure. And so when we're sick, we're like, I got to work out. I have to work out even when you're sick. And if you don't work out because you feel miserable, you beat yourself up over not doing the workout or you work out and you've, and you're sick longer because you're not giving your body what it needs to heal. And so I told, I told them, I said, listen, when you're in those situations where you have to make those hard choices, you need to be able to connect with your body to give it what it needs for its highest good. So if you're ever feeling in that space where you're stuck, you ask yourself and where you have to like, should I work out or should I rest? For example, okay, what is going to serve me best in the long term right now? Is it to rest so I can be healthier and come back stronger and then jump back on and get going again? Is it to do a little bit so that, because like for me personally, I can ride out that I'm sick excuse for a long freaking time, man, even when I'm not sick anymore. And so you have to know yourself and know, okay, well, maybe I'll just do some stretching, even though I was just going to say that, like, ease yourself back into right. it instead of just going full force right after you start to kind of feel better. Because if you do that and then you end up being fatigued again, yeah. then you're just going to keep that cycle of like staying sick longer yeah. instead of just like and this, the so, easy stretches. So this example goes for 
any type of goal. Like this isn't, we're not just going to talk about like weight loss shit today. Um, any type of goal that you're going after, you always have to think about, okay, long-term, what do I want and which action will best serve reaching that long-term goal? And you have to then also know yourself and be connected in your body because no matter what the, what the goal is that you're working on, you have to be able to pay attention to your body and what it's telling you. I'm not just talking about weight loss stuff here. I'm talking about any type of goal. You still need to be connected to your body because your body is connected to your nervous system and your nervous system is your signal as to what is safe and what isn't safe. But you also have to remember, this is why this is why coaching and having a mentor is so important because we can easily mind fuck ourselves. Because what can happen is sometimes you'll be like, oh, oh, I feel like shit. I just don't have the energy or I'm feeling anxious, you know, and you, your body is having a reaction to, to an old like trauma and old trigger. And so what you have to learn to do then is to remind your body that you're safe and you're not in danger and that you can do the task that you're trying to accomplish. And so, yeah, there's, it's easy. Like I can just say, oh, you know, just get back on that horse and ride it, you know, but if easier said than done, right. but the thing is, if you're consistently being triggered by old stuff, then it's not that simple. Then you have to learn some things about yourself. You have to learn your coping mechanisms. You have to become aware of your old trauma. You have to become aware of your triggers. So, you know, when things are working for you, when things are working against you, when you can overcome and when you need to take a break. And so that's why it's so important to kind of really tune into awareness and learn as much about yourself and your past and your conditioning and your coping mechanisms as possible so that you can take the steps that work for you instead of trying to push through a lot of times and then you get overwhelmed and burned out and quit, right? Totally. Yeah. And so what were some of the things, you know, before we hopped on, you're like, I wrote pages and pages on this. <laughs> I literally wrote six pages, you guys. <laughs> so I wish I could send you pictures of this. Uh, yeah. So awesome. <laughs> like, let's dive into some of that stuff. Okay. So kind of going back to what were you talking about? Like, when people feel like they absolutely have to do something or mm -hmm. they're a failure, like that, I feel like that's almost along the same lines of toxic positivity mm -hmm. because like everyone's like, Oh, push yourself to get your goal and don't ever stop. And you know, like you can do it. Like, no, you have to realize you have to give yourself a break sometime. Otherwise you are going to burn yourself out. Yeah. And I think throughout my entire life, this has gotten worse. And I, because of like, everything advancing so quickly yeah. everyone expects you to keep up with that advancement and it's just like no like i'm not i have to actually sit down mm -hmm. write everything out step by step visualize how i want to do yeah. this and then i have to take each step with its own time not have a time limit because time limits like you have to realize time limits like, fuck with my head hard oh my gosh it's yeah. so so bad especially since i just want to go 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 on everything mm -hmm. but it's like 
if I let myself just say, okay, here's my 10 year plan, but it could take 15 years. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a set time. You know, I don't have to get, I don't have to perfect, you know, like my mead recipes by the end of the week. That's ridiculous. You know, mead takes years to age. So it's like, I can't expect myself to be making something perfect in a week. Exactly. You know, and we're not taught how to pace. Not at all. Mm Mm-mm. We're not taught how to take our time. We are also not taught how to accept results that aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. We are taught like if it isn't done exactly right by the time you finish it, then it's shit. Right. And I think that's where like finding a hobby, mm-hmm. just a hobby that you can allow yourself to say, well, if it's not perfect, that's fine. I had fun doing that's it. Great. You know, like yeah. painting for me, like I am not an artist, but like I have been slowly just like dicking around with painting mm-hmm. and like, all right, well, what happens if I mix this color with that color? Turns out bad. Oh, well, I'm not selling it. You know, like this is just me messing around with yeah. it, you know, like, yeah, that's the thing where absolutely not taught how to enjoy the process. Yeah. Because our mm-hmm. we're taught to focus on the end goal. We're also taught not to value mistakes. I don't even like calling them mistakes because they're not mistakes. We're taught, you know, I go back to like when I used to be a teacher, I, I taught mainly math. Oh my God, that reminds me. I had a dream about teaching last night. Weird. Oh no. Yeah. Dream, nightmare, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was dramatic, actually. Ooh, ew. Now I'm like grossed out because I'm thinking about this dream. Oh no. Um, Anyway, but when I was teaching, I taught primarily math. And the way I graded homework was no matter how you did on it, as long as you attempted it, you got full credit. Because it was practice. See, I wish more teachers like felt that way too, mm-hmm. because like I had, a, I had a mixture of those teachers, teachers who were like, eh, if it's not right, it's not right. Or I had other teachers like, well, you gave it at all. You're all, you came to me for help, but even though you still got it wrong, you still gave effort. And I saw that. Yes. So, and here's your well, grade. so it's interesting in my son's school, their policy, their grading policies, they only count tests and quizzes. Mm. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it because I know there are so many kids. Well, the good part about it is you get a truer, you get to actually see what they know and what they don't know. They they can do retakes to up their grade. The retakes usually only count. It'll only like, it'll be like a half point for everyone that get right. Right. No, it's not full credit back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I don't like that very much. (laughs) I see the value in it, but I also don't like it because I understand that there are a lot of kids out there and and see, that's that whole performance. Performance is the end goal where, well, what about the energy and the effort? Because I'll tell you what, I'm going to hire, you know, if I'm a business owner, I'm going to hire a kid who tries really freaking hard and fixes their mistakes and goes back and works hard and, I'm going to value that energy over 
just someone who is going to be perfect all the time or just is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, here's okay. Related to the math thing. Like I, this is kind of embarrassing. I took algebra two, three years in a row because I couldn't get it right. And me as your teacher, that's why. No, I did not. (laughs) And no matter how many times I would go after, after class or after school for like extra help, like I would still like fail. Mm -hmm. And so like finally after the third, the third year, they're like, well, you can't really mess this up any more than you already have. So you have to graduate somehow, you yeah. know? And so it was just like, well, um, okay. Well, so that's it's just like, how much do you use algebra now? Literally zero, zero, zero. Basic math, man. So, that's all I use. Right. So what, what is like, who cares? Exactly. Yep. Like, exactly. Why is that a requirement right. for some kids? Like it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. It doesn't make sense no. at all. No. And, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. But the, that's, that's still like, that can be, I mean, that's obviously traumatic for you. Like yeah, you it was had terrible. to adhere I hated that. to these rules that didn't <laughs> yeah. fit you uh-uh. um, in order to feel accomplished or, mm-hmm. you know, smart or like, you know what I mean? Like that's bullshit. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. terrible for, for a lot of our kids. And, you know, and you're going to, we're going to have those people who are like, oh, you know, you have to have those basic skills, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Basic skills. Like maybe we should be learning how to do our taxes in school. Or, oh my God. I wish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Then maybe accountants want to have a job. So who knows what the right answer is. <laughs> but I mean, they taught us how to do it by hand, but mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't tell us like any of the specifics about taxes. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Like, but that's why. A lot of us get and fall into these traps of not wanting to try things, not wanting Mm -hmm. to, or, or we get like for you, for example, maybe one of your triggers then is if you're on the third try of doing something and it's still not coming easy to you, maybe that's when you're like, fuck it, man. This Dude, sucks. that's literally what happens. Well, yeah, and you know <laughs> well, why? Because, because I was, I was. Look what happened. Uh, what is it, Pavlov? I was conditioned you that way. Conditioned you know, that like... way, and you have math trauma. Math trauma is a real thing, people. Like I just coined this term just now. Maybe I did. I don't know. But math <laughs> trauma. Like I would get kids. I taught sixth grade math for a long time, and it was a lot of like introductory algebra stuff, and. There were kids in there. I also, I had a group of kids that were low math students, low meaning, and I only use low because that is the academic term in education. But basically what happened is the education system failed them. Their parents failed them and they didn't know their basic fucking math facts. They didn't know, Mm. they didn't know that seven and three is 10, like automatically. They didn't know that six times five is 30. Like they didn't know their multiplication facts. They didn't know their, their, you know, addition to 10 facts. So when you get into higher level math, yeah, it's going to be really hard. Balancing an equation is going to be really hard. If doing fractions, the kids, let me tell you something, we're getting a little (laughs) off track here, but 
This is math trauma. The kids, if your kid struggles with fractions, it's because they don't understand numbers. They don't have a good number sense. And the reason they don't have good number sense is because they don't have their basic facts mastered and and numbers don't make sense to them. Like five plus five equaling 10, that isn't something that makes sense to them because they they didn't learn it and understand it and 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 do the, they, not that they didn't, but maybe it didn't click right away. And then they felt ashamed that they didn't get it right away. And they didn't say anything. And no one was paying attention because teachers have 30 kids in their class and they can't see exactly what's going on with every single child. And the parents are too busy because they're working their asses off. And like our whole society is, it's so screwed up. But anyway, that's math trauma. I think part of it is like, you know, even with like the every year like the way you do math changes so like i think it's also the organization of it too Mm -hmm. and you know what they don't teach us in school is how to count change back and that makes me so (laughs) mad you're right because what do we what do we do with our jobs we work with money yeah (laughs) you know especially like majority of like jobs being like food and like i'll tell you now though they do that a little more now with like uh when I, the curriculum that I was teaching, it was teaching that a little bit, maybe not specifically to money, but for numbers in general to find the difference, like counting Mm -hmm. up, that's how you count change back. And I'll tell you, I did not learn that until I was 18 years old and a bartender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't learn that till I was yeah, probably 17 or 18 when I had to like run like a, mm. a broth stand when I was trying to raise money for a trip yeah, that I was going to take. You head, know? My, my mom was like so baffled, like you don't know how to count change back. I'm like, yeah, because we're taught to subtract. <laughs> we were taught to subtract and subtraction in your head is really hard. But counting up is really easy. <laughs> something like that so yeah oh man yeah so i feel like oh so okay so talking about like trauma and like not just like math trauma obviously like uh-huh. any trauma um but related like this is where i tell like anybody i know that i see they're struggling with something i used to struggle with shadow work mm. like that is like a big thing because like is it a fun thing to go through not exactly Mm-mm. But it definitely like pans out like where your triggers are, like what happens when you are triggered and like how to like come down from that and reroute your brain so you can live in peace without that issue anymore. And not necessarily completely, like obviously there's still going to be lingering feelings. Right. You, you but- stop shaming yourself right exactly you understand and yourself and you cut yourself yeah back so you mm-hmm. you understand because when you have that knowledge about how you've been operating and why mm-hmm. that's when you then get the power to do something about it because you can see it happening in real time and you can choose differently whereas before that moment before that moment of awareness you couldn't choose differently because you didn't know there was another option because you're you're right. operating on autopilot. Right. But once you like coming back to the whole like take these mini stepping stones, yeah. not just get to the end goal of loving yourself, there's still little mini steps you have to take to get to that so many full exception of yourself and loving yourself. And it's just like you have to really realize what 
toxicity has been ingrained yeah. into your everyday attitude, your personality, because of those things that have happened. Yes. Because anything that feels traumatic to you, you automatically ingrain into your personality so you can avoid those things. Yeah. But in doing that, what, what are you doing? Are you slapping on a fake smile and just trying to reverse psychology yourself and saying you're happy, mm -hmm. but that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't fix the deeper issue. It's just a bandaid. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, you have to go through those mini steps so you can actually wear a real smile because you're accepting and you're loving yourself now. Yeah. So it's just like, there's well, all these little tiny steps. And you can accept and love others. Yeah, that too. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, when you're triggered by other people, that's one mm -hmm. of the hardest things to deal with. And I've learned so much through that process. That's that's kind of a big place where my journey began for me because there were, you know, years ago, there were specific people in my life that were super triggering for me. And I thought, you know, I, I was doing something wrong. I thought I was a bad person because they were behaving a certain way towards me. And I didn't understand what I, I was, I was thinking that I was wrong and was, and that's what was driving their negative behavior towards me. Hmm. And so what I had to do and what I learned to do was first of all, I had to realize that I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't my fault. Right. I, mm -hmm. and my programming made me think that it was my fault, you know, because oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It, it depends on your yeah. past. And so when I realized I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't fucking do anything wrong. And I looked at that other person and I thought, well, I guess they must be really fucking miserable to treat me this way. Oh yeah. Well, because everyone's dealing with their own yeah. demons, but it's a, it's a matter of like, do they even realize that they're fighting their own shadows right That's now? And it's, it's about the awareness mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a two way street. Like they have to realize their issues and take their step by steps and in you doing your step by steps and realizing that they're going through that. Yeah that's a whole nother step, you know, cause then yeah. you can take the right actions to realize what they're going through also. Exactly. And then you don't take it on as a, a problem with yourself, which mm -hmm. is so relieving. It's so yeah. relieving. Oh um, my God. And the other thing that I learned is, you know, I look back on some of my own behaviors, like, you know, yes, I, I, I know there are people, you know, in my life, in my past who've treated me not so great, but I also, you know, it's not lost on me that I've probably done the same thing to others. And I can pick out specific circumstances where my coping mechanisms and my trauma and my past conditioning showed up in situations that caused me to like treat my friends not so great. Like, so for example, I'll give you a specific example. Sure. Um, so years ago, I remember, well, I think about sometimes like some of my, my old friends from back home, like, you know, we always joke around and stuff, but then there would be specific times where I, I, it's not that I would take it too far, but I would bring up stuff and joke about it when they obviously didn't 
want me to. Well, it wasn't obvious to me. I shouldn't say obviously. Um, they were probably looking back. It's obvious. yeah, looking back, yeah. it's obvious because I have awareness now, and I have an understanding of of like what they were feeling in the moment. Whereas in the moment, I just wanted to crack a joke and be funny. And so, but it was at the expense of, you know, their energy and their, and their well-being. Their dignity sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And so now I cringe looking back on that, but I also am like, you know, well, look how far I've come. I'm not quite such an asshole anymore. And, you know, I can be Mm -hmm. more understanding and I, I understand that it can be very hurtful and traumatic to joke about things like that, that can make someone uncomfortable. And, and that's where, so like, if you're someone who you might find yourself always saying, well, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh, that was me. I was that asshole for sure. Yeah, that was me too. Like, I I think part of, okay, along those lines too, is like, I remember going to like a seminar one, one day in our high school and I was just so like huffy puffy, like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Like, why do I have to be here? And like, Mm -hmm. I was like the big tough tomboy, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't really a tomboy, but I was like, you know, yeah, you know, I try to have that tough outer shell and it was just like. I was just mad that I had to be here about this seminar about like abuse. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. looking back on that, I must've sounded like such a fucking (laughs) asshole. Like I cannot even imagine like, and it's, well, it sucks too, because like now that I realize that I was that asshole, I'm looking back and my friends at the time, like they went through some of that stuff and I was telling them that they were babies for it. And I'm just like, oh man, oh no, oh no. So it's just, I totally, totally get it, you know, but it takes a lot to go through that shadow work of yourself to realize that like, Hey, maybe you were putting on that mask to act like all tough and huffy puffy and, yeah, that's you know. what I was taught to do. So, so for me, my coping mechanism, I learned to crack jokes when people are uncomfortable. I learned how to be a passive aggressive master. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, and one of the things that opened my eyes up to my behavior is that, you know, a few years ago, I, I kind of opened up to my community about some of the trauma that I went through. And when I went back home, someone was trying to like joke around about it. And I was mm. like, what the fuck? Like, you, th- yeah. you think this is funny? Like, you, you think like you think that's going to help things? And I was really like, it was really not funny. And so no. I think subconsciously my head was like, uh, yeah, you did that to people, you dick. And then I was like, oh, yeah. That... This is what that feels Not like. Not that I was uh... making fun of people for their trauma, but like, you know, I was making a joke about it, making, not realizing that it was hard. I was them. making a joke to people who didn't want things to be joked about anymore. Like, it's just right. old. Like, can we move on? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I was moving on. Because I wanted to be funny and I, you know, probably wanted the attention and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to be careful. And this is where I have a problem with, you know, 
people in life and online and this whole like berating snowflakes type thing. And you know what I mean? Like that whole culture of, you know, oh, we're raising our kids to be, you know, not tough and (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, actually we're raising our, you know, hopefully changing to raise our kids to have awareness and to have compassion sympathetic and empathetic exactly. and stuff like that and like to be hmm. respectful and to understand that there are things that people are experiencing and going through that you have no fucking idea about and when you tell someone they need to toughen up mm. it's it's not it's not like what you think it is so it kind of reminds me of a point that I made in my notes too, is just like, you know, when you, when you raise someone to just, you know, be that tough guy, instead of like actually dealing with things, yeah. it like creates that mask that you just become comfortable with. So instead of like feeling whole, you just feel like a shell. Yeah. And it's just like, it's once you like, you know, like when you had that moment, like it clicked, like, Oh, I did that to people. That's when you start to break that outer shell. Uh And it's just like your reality just becomes like, like mind blown. Like, Oh my God. Like everything is shifting. Yeah. You realize you've been sleepwalking through life. Dude, that's literally it. I look back and it's just like, who was that? Uh That wasn't me. (laughs) I had multiple (laughs) lives. I I look back on it and I feel like, I feel like that wasn't even in this lifetime some of the things that I went through and experienced and, and I'm like, what? Like I, like now if I could like time travel and like be like in my classroom, for example, I'd be like, Oh God, in some circumstances, (laughs) like, Oh, like who? And I, and I totally know like, Oh, you were just, you were taught to be the tough chick. You were taught to be Mm -hmm. the hard ass. You were taught to not take shit from anybody and, um, you know, kick ass and take names and all that crap. And, um, yeah. And now I'm like, well, you know, we kind of all go through our own journey and processes and what it is, is. but, um, as, as long as you, don't stay stuck in that mindset and you grow from it. Like that's the key. And so, yeah, you know, to, to kind of segue back to like this whole thing about working on achieving something that like you literally have to do that work in order to do something grand that you really want, because otherwise you're going to keep getting the same results because all of that old stuff is still there. All of those old behavior patterns, all of those old coping mechanisms, all of those triggers that keep you stuck because you react a specific way to it. Once you have that awareness around it and why it keeps occurring because of what's happened to you in your past, Mm -hmm. then you can see it coming And you can choose differently. Like that's the whole thing. But the thing is, I think about this a lot too. I think about how 10 years ago, if you would have told me 10 years ago, I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I would have been like, fuck you. There's no way. (laughs) No way. No way I would be this emotionally mushy person with a pot like there's no way and so I think often about how people who are in that space of where I was 10 years ago like they're in that space now like how can we and and I don't know if it's possible honestly but how 
like how can I connect with those people so they can start to see like maybe this is like maybe this is it maybe you know they kind of listen to my podcast and they start thinking like oh yeah it's kind of funny because like I feel like you can't like try right. too hard otherwise they're gonna make it they're gonna feel like you're being pushy about it and then that's when they become triggered like mm-hmm. I doubt he'll listen to this, but my brother is like that, Um, (laughs) where it's just like, if you tell him like directly that he has to do something in order to get better at something, he's going to do the complete opposite because that's just how he is. But that's why, but I'm saying like in general, I feel like that's kind of my mission. Like I'm actually like my purpose is to speak to who I was 10 years ago to open my eyes sooner you know what i'm saying to yeah you there's so you can save time and you can get those years back and that time back where you can actually be experiencing life in the present in the like fully experiencing life instead of like i said sleepwalking through it because you're just checking off your boxes and going through the motions and not really tuning into who you really are because you've been so molded into this person by your past and your experiences and the expectations placed upon you. So yeah, that, that is like the audience that I think about the most that may be the audience who isn't paying attention. The people who, you know, scroll past my stuff because it quote (gasps) doesn't apply to them because they're good. (laughs) And, Quote I'm, unquote. and I'm just like, yep. oh, but you're not good. And mm-hmm. I like, I've, I was you, I was you and you're going to get to a breaking point. And this isn't true for everybody, you know, don't get me wrong, but I know there are people who have absolutely no idea how, like maybe how miserable they are. They have absolutely no idea how numb they are. I think that's a good word. Well, I think a huge thing, what what happens with that is that they were raised that way, which I mean, is expected because that's, you know, we're raised that way. We're going to think that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But what the problem is, is I don't think and I I don't want anything bad to happen to anyone, but they haven't had anything happen where they've had to think differently. You know, they have and they thought it was normal. That was the case for me. Uh, Yeah, that too. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was the case for me. I thought everything was normal. And then I started experiencing different people and different ways of being. And I was like, and I, you know, hired somebody to help me because I started having panic attacks. And they were like, oh, so that was neglect and that was trauma and that was abuse. And I was like, oh my God, it was. Interesting. Because what happens is like you get to that point and shit happens and then you're talking to someone who's outside of the circumstances and who is not biased. And they're looking at you bewildered, like you let that happen? Well, not that you let that happen because that's another thing that's that, you know, my mom will be like, I can't believe you, you, you know, stayed in that relationship. Like, why didn't you do something? And I'm like, What's like at the time you didn't realize that that wasn't even a bad thing. Yes, exactly. And I was trying to be a stable, you know, like I was, 
I was a teenager for God's sakes. I didn't know what to do. Um, anyway, that's a, a whole nother thing, but, but yeah, that's the thing. Like people, you know, get trapped in these abusive relationships and they don't have a lot of options and they don't know what to do and they don't know it's abnormal. Right. So it's, you know, years later when all that stuff is stuck in your body, And like for me, for instance, you know, you start having anxiety and depression and struggling with like what feels like you're literally having a heart attack. So you have to go to the emergency room. Yeah, that's not a fun time. Don't wish that Mm -hmm. upon anybody. But you start experiencing those things and you're like, you know, in your first instances, your first thought is, well, what the hell? Everything's fine. Why? Why (laughs) is this happening? Like... I have anxiety? No, I don't. Like, because you've been living with it for so long, like you're, you think it's normal. Like your brain is disconnected from your body because you've been pushing everything off and pushing it off so you can just function in society because our society is so set on, okay, get here, do this, check this box and be completely distracted by all of this shit and disconnected mm-hmm. from your body. And so you don't even know like how sick you're feeling. Right. And and with that, like when you're trying to achieve something, we're, we're taught that, you know, we have to check all these boxes and we have to do all these things and it has to be in this order. And this is what is mm. accepted in our society. And this is what's normal. And then if it doesn't go exactly like that, we quit. Oh, I am so guilty of that. Right. I'm so guilty of that. I'm trying to get out of that, mm-hmm. you know, because we we're taught how to feel like a failure more than to feel like we're successful at accomplishing anything because we are taught not to feel pride. Well, and something that like reinforces that negative feeling is that this, this might be kind of controversial in some situations where like you can't have a reward unless you achieve the goal. And part of like, yeah, oh, everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> like, right? don't even, don't even get me started thing? on that. <laughs> well, no. Okay. So like, say I have like a goal to like finish something like, oh, I'm going to do all this housework and then I can like have a nice relaxing bath. No, like if I'm tired and if I just want to chill out and I don't have the energy to push myself forward, I shouldn't have to expect my bath to be a reward, (laughs) you know, like otherwise I'm just going to feel like if I don't finish my house chores then I can't take a nice relaxing bath because I didn't deserve it. Why don't you deserve a bath because you're a human being who deserves to (laughs) take a bath. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That that's another thing. We we place all these expectations on ourselves that you have to accomplish something really big in order just for a small reward. In order to be rewarded or feel successful. Otherwise you don't deserve you don't deserve it. I don't like that word. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve I it. I hate that. You don't deserve the feeling of accomplishment. I also hate like, oh well you know, all of this stuff that you do in a day, like that's just expected. You're supposed to do all that. I hate that. um, No, I'm sorry. As a person like with kids and like with a family, and even if you don't have that stuff, but like getting your kids up and getting them off to school, like for some families, that's really freaking hard to do. And yeah, Mm, you deserve mm -hmm. a fucking trophy for that because Oh my God, it takes so much energy some days and like, yeah, you, you deserve to be celebrated. 
Right. And so one thing that I've really tried to embrace with my own kids is celebrating their small accomplishments. So Yeah, absolutely. So they're trained to feel like they have permission to take pride in even the smallest accomplishments. Yeah. Because in society, we don't look at them as accomplishments. We look at Mm -hmm. them as, oh, well, you're just supposed to be able to do that. Well, I'll tell you what, when you struggle with depression and anxiety, like just taking a shower is reason to celebrate some days for me. You know what I mean? Like getting out of bed without hitting snooze seven times is a reason to celebrate for me. And I'm going to do it. And maybe I can, I'm giving myself a participation trophy because, because it's hard. Yeah, dude, I totally, I totally understand. And there's something like similar to that. I don't know if it's necessarily much of a problem now that the actual like empathetic movement is kind of happening yeah. on social media, but uh, it was even just like a couple years ago where like in the music community, like, especially with elitists, they really just made you feel dumb for having to practice they're like oh well if you can't do this core progression or whatever Mm. like don't even try and it's just like how do you think these professionals got to be that good you know (laughs) they don't show like practicing behind the scenes i mean maybe they do now because like like i said that empathetic movement is happening Mm -hmm. like it's like but back then you know, it was just like, oh, you practice. That's funny. Like mm. noob or whatever. And they would call you names just for practicing. And it was just like, how reverse is yeah, that? You know, and it's just yeah, like, and that feeds into that crazy. culture of, you know, if it's not perfect on the first try, then mm-hmm. why try? Yeah. You're worth Right. And that, that goes along the whole line of like the micromanagement yeah. in your practice is just like, don't expect yourself to do this crazy, like, chord progression on the guitar if you can't even like do one scale yeah. you know like you have to practice the scale yeah. at like a slow tempo and then you it. like slowly move yeah you have mm-hmm. to build up to it mm-hmm. so you can't just expect yourself to play like you know like uh van halen and <laughs> in eruption you know like you're not going to just be able to whip that out no. like you have to practice right you know yeah step and, by little tiny step and that's the thing so i i think maybe the key thing with this this whole episode and this whole topic is to embrace a pride practice for every single little thing that you accomplish and get, Mm -hmm. because what happens is when you feel good about something you've done, no matter how small, when you feel good about it, your motivation and your energy for it increases. And so if you continue to do that day after day after day, because we're taught to look at the shit we didn't do and the things we failed at and then get down on ourselves, And that's what kills us. That's what stops us from progressing. That's what stalls us. That's what causes us to quit. That's what keeps us stuck. And so when you pair that shadow work and that trauma work and that mindset work with the small celebrations and the things that you are doing, I think that's the magic formula. So I totally want to share like my way of keeping track of that so you can look back so this is this is kind of a journaling technique i guess it's not like i'm writing paragraphs or anything like i do in my regular journal this is more of like a just like a little workbook that i kind of hand make for myself where i started off just like 
one full month, I just kept track of what I ate, but I didn't have any sort of like goal or like mindset towards it. I just wanted to know what my diet looked like in general. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and I was like, okay, so I noticed that I'm eating a lot of junk food, especially around certain times of the month. And I'm just like, okay, so let's, let's set a goal, like higher or lower and see how I feel when I meet those goals, you know? And so I started doing that and I started, instead of like saying, oh, this is bad or this is good definitively, I would use like the emoticon kind of scale where like Ooh, I used like a happy yeah. face for like foods that made me feel good yes. or foods that was like, eh, that's neutral. I feel full and that's it. Or foods that made me feel like shit about myself. Like obviously sweets made me feel good for a split second, but then 10 minutes later, oh, I'd feel I like, wow, that. I shouldn't have eaten that. Now I feel like shit about myself. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't eat that anymore. So like very small steps, I took all of this stuff and I started adding on like at the bottom of the page, like the accomplishments I would have throughout the day and not necessarily anything I had a goal for, or, you know, maybe I didn't even like write it down on my, my schedule book, or maybe I did. And it was just like, okay, I started my meet today. That's an accomplishment because I had the energy to do it and I did it you know I didn't just like spend my time doing like nothing I I wasn't just scrolling my phone for three hours I actually decided to do something with my time and I got it done and it felt good so that's an accomplishment you know and then throughout the whole week I would do at like the end of a week like a weekly review like what was my biggest accomplishment this, this week you know and what do I how do I feel about that? What was my biggest downfall? How can I better that, you know? And so it wasn't necessarily like punishing myself or rewarding myself, but because I saw all these tiny accomplishments that I would do that were like related to my hobbies or something, I would feel really good about it. And so it's just like now, right? Yeah. And so it's just like, now that I see all of that happening, I have like 10 gallons of mead Mm -hmm. that I've made because I I felt good about accomplishing it because I allowed myself to take those little steps. Yeah. And the one thing, the one tip that I can add, I love what you're doing with that because what you're doing is you're actually retraining, you're rewiring your brain to connect emotionally positively instead of negatively, like we're trained to do positively emotionally connect with those tasks, no matter how big or small they Mm -hmm. are. And so the other thing you can do with that, you know, in somatics, somatically, you want to also tune into how your body is feeling. So this is easier to do Mm -hmm. with like food and exercise. Um, And it's a great practice to do with food. Like, okay, so for example, you ate something sweet, at first you feel great. And then later on, you feel like shit about it, right? And then but also, how did your body feel? Like what sensations are you experiencing in your body? Like, do you feel sluggish and gross after you ate that yet you kind of feel good because you're on that sugar high and you had something sweet? Like it feels (laughs) fun in your mouth, but in your Mm -hmm. stomach, you feel bleh, you know? So, well, it's funny that you say that because when I, what I did notice is that there must've been like a week or something where I had a lot of like grains and carbs, like Mm -hmm. grainy carbs. And that was the week where I was the most sluggish Mm -hmm. ever and my body hurt. So it was just like, okay, well, that's good that I kept track of all this because now I see the pattern. Well, right. And so one of the things I, I teach people who are working on, you know, like nutrition stuff is I always use this example because everybody, almost everybody understands it. So if you've ever 
drinking alcohol, a specific alcohol to the point where you get physically ill and then you can never (laughs) drink that again. Like it's tequila for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just a bad. So like that's your trauma. And now you're like, I'm not doing that again because my body remembers how terrible it feels. And so you can do that just not on that huge scale. You can do that with everything and you can do that with the foods you eat. So if you Mm. start tuning into, oh, I ate that amount and it made me feel really gross. I don't want to do that again. It's the same thing. We're just with food. A lot of times we don't, you know, it's not that drastic and we're not paying attention so much. So, Mm -hmm. you know, start really having some more fine-tuned awareness around those foods and paying attention to not just emotionally how you feel, but physically in your body, how you feel. And then you can start setting that baseline for what is, what makes my body feel good physically and emotionally, and what makes my body feel like shit physically, emotionally. And you can do that with food. You can do that with people like oh, oh dude i, I have know- a whole paragraph <laughs> not people <laughs> i noticed when i hang out with this person i feel like shit i feel like shit about myself i feel like disappointed and angry like whatever whatever it is for you whoever that person is for you then that can help you set boundaries around that person and i also want to touch on that with family too because mm-hmm. i have a lot of like my like part of my family is like a no-no. And I think people struggle with the family Mm -hmm. part because everyone thinks, oh, they're family. I have to be around them. Or like, I have to just deal with it. (laughs) No. Okay. No, that's literally what I wrote. Okay. This is is the full, this is the full version of that saying the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So even though like you were born into this family, the, the, I don't want to say blood packed, like, please don't mix your blood with other people. But you know, like the friends that you make that are, they're your friends for obvious reasons. Like they respect you. Like if your family isn't treating you like they're your friend, then like what, Mm -hmm. if they're blatantly disrespecting you, you don't have to take that from them just because they're family. Like you you can have a conversation with them. Right. Yeah. You can have a conversation with them and be like, Hey, that doesn't make me feel good. Please don't do that anymore. And if they still disrespect that, you do not have to deal with that. Uh, No, not at all. Absolutely not. Yeah. And that's part of like, that's part of like the process of loving yourself. You have to understand that you can be away from those toxic issues. Yeah. So with family too, like it doesn't depend on the the person it's you. Yeah. You have to respect yourself enough to put a boundary around those people who make you feel less than, who make you feel shitty, who don't make you feel worthy, who make you feel any type of negative way, like that's not acceptable. Respect yourself enough to not obey a saying or a social belief above what your body is telling you, what your soul is telling you, what your inner knowing Mm -hmm. is telling you. Like your inner knowing is telling you this person is not good for me, no matter who they are. I don't care if they're your, your relative. 
Like you have to do. And that, I feel like that's a huge part too of like, like rerouting yourself. Like that's part of the shadow work yeah. is like understanding that your gut feeling is usually right. Yeah. Like almost always. Yeah. And it's just like, it, once you start building those boundaries, that's part of like the little steps to like accepting and loving yourself, you know, like. And then you can boundaries, do ugh. the things that you want to do with your life and get unstuck and, and meet those yes. goals. And yeah, that's totally all all part of it. And I've experienced a mm-hmm. lot of this, like inside just building my own business. Like I went from a mindset of like, the rule is you have to work for others. So you have a steady paycheck that's dependable and isn't a risk. And you have insurance, like all of those rules were very, very clearly placed upon me. And I believed them. And then at one point I was like, it's not worth it. I don't fucking care because I'm not happy. And if I'm going to live my life unhappy, but I have health insurance, like decent health insurance, or I have a, a steady paycheck, like, what the fuck is that? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, no, like, totally not. What is the meaning of life to experience it at its fullest, to not be, you know, a, a, a slave to other things and to like, yeah, I like, do are you really living your fullest life if you're not happy about it? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like, like you could be doing so many things, but you're not going to look back on it and be happy if you're not happy during that moment, mm -hmm. you know, you're gonna be like, wow, that really sucked because I felt this way during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I only did this thing because I was trying to make all these other people happy, but I was fucking miserable Uh in the process. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then why? Bingo. (laughs) Then why, why is someone else's happiness more important than your own? And you know, people can argue all day long, like, well, you have to, you know, do things for other people. Yeah. Absolutely, you have to do things for well, other but people. But that's where the boundary comes in. There's to a certain but point. But you get yes. inner fulfillment from it. Like right. you can do things that are difficult that still are fulfilling. Like, mm-hmm. like having okay. I have kids, right? It's really fucking hard. It's hard to be a parent. It's hard to balance all the shit. It's like I don't feel like going to pick my kids up at six at night from practice or whatever the hell else is going on, but. Like they're doing something they love and that brings them joy. And it brings me joy knowing that they get fulfillment from that. So I, yes, I'm going to support that. I'm not going right. to not show up because there is some that. sort of it's like sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. so right. You have to look at it as, you know, am I expending so much energy that it's making me miserable to have to do X, Y, and Z for others, is that a problem or is it giving me fulfillment? But I will tell you that a lot of women fall into the trap of, oh, but you know, I'm a, I'm a mom, for example, like I'm a mom, so I'll do anything for my kids and their happiness is my main priority. That's fucking great. I love that. But your kids also have to learn how to make create their own happiness and you're not being right. an example for them if if they don't watch you do it for yourself. Oh yeah. I'm not saying you abandon your kids and not, you know, do things, but you have to you have to discern, you know, what's acceptable and what is energetically, you know, what keeps you energetically balanced. 
And it's it's leading by example really and giving them the tools to do that yeah. example. And compromising and delegating. And, you know, that's you don't have to completely self-sacrifice yourself in no. order like to be there for others. Like you can right. set you can you can show up for others, but set boundaries up for yourself because you, at the end of the day, you got to show up for yourself or you're not going to show up for anybody. And that is going to you know, if you burn yourself out on others, you're always going to stay stuck and not do what you want to do. And you're going to feel unfulfilled and you're going to feel that hole, that void. Like that's what it was like for me. I felt like something was missing. Like something was always missing. Like I'm doing all this work. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, but something is missing. I'm doing all the stuff I'm, I should do as a mom. I'm self-sacrificing all of this stuff to quote unquote, be successful and be good at my job. But something is missing. What is, I don't know what's missing. And it was like, I never healed from my trauma. I was completely unaware of things that were happening. I was burning myself out and not taking care of myself and completely unaware of it. And so when I started doing the work to fulfill my own needs and feel whole again, feel like me, feel like I was tuning into my wants and needs, and that's not being selfish, by the way, then I started really waking up and living life more fully and feeling fulfilled. That gap started to close. That whole became full of things that were truly fulfilling because we're taught, especially as women, that you need to have kids to feel fulfilled. Oh, you need man. to get married. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. You oh, need, I do. <laughs> you need to get married to feel fulfilled. And that is not the fucking answer for everybody. Everybody is different. Everybody has different needs and a different soul purpose and a different mission here on earth. And it's not the same for anyone. And so when you start tuning into what feels right to you, then that's when shit starts falling into place. It's kind of oh, magical, yeah. actually. It's absolutely magical. Um, and then, and things start to work. And I know it's easier said than done because I know a lot of people have way crazier lives than others. Than most people have way crazier and busier lives than I have. But I will tell you, I made choices so that I don't have a crazy, busy life that right, makes me yeah. feel disconnected. Well, and that makes me think that why are their lives so crazy and busy? Is it because somebody else is expecting them to do all these things or are they doing it for their own fulfillment? And if they think that they're doing it for their own fulfillment, but they're still miserable because they're so crazy and busy, then is it really for their own fulfillment? Exactly. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, yep. ding. Yeah. So... You know, and that's why a lot of people, a lot of women especially fall into that trap of, okay, well, they get to this point where then they feel like they need something else and they they have a goal to reach, right? Or they mistakenly think, oh, I need to lose weight to feel good about myself. Mm, that was a big one for me too, especially growing up because like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think anyone at the time realized that what was happening was like emotional like abuse. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just like the way that they were raised yep. and yep. like, that's the way that they were raising me. And it was just like, so throughout my whole life, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm so fat, blah, blah, blah. Like all this other stuff. Like I'll never be, I'll never be able to reach that goal or I'll, I'll never be skinny enough for my partner or whatever, you know? And mm -hmm. so it was just like, until I actually like 
recently, like the last three years, I think, uh, like three years ago, I broke up with my my now ex. Mm-hmm. And it was that moment where it was just like, man, I can do whatever the fuck I want and um, (laughs) I can feel however the fuck I want to feel because I don't have to depend on someone else's feelings. And with that came with the realization that like nobody's depending on me to make them feel a certain way. And if they are, that's their problem, you know, because their own stuff to work. Yes. Yep. So you just kind of have to like stand back and look at like past relationships. I'm not, I'm not just saying like romantic relationships, like any like past friendships or like family issues that might've happened. Like what happened in those things that made you like think this way now? And how do you undo that? And it's just like, you have to take like little steps and like realize it's almost like a Eureka moment where it's just Mm -hmm. like something happens that you're like, Oh, I don't have to feel that way when this event happens anymore because this person's not around or I just stopped giving a fuck what other people think. And it's Mm -hmm. like, huh, wow. Even though I'm like 30 pounds heavier than I was three years ago, I still feel better about myself than I have ever, you know, because it's just like, not only am I like not buying clothes to try and fit into what I did in high school that I thought like mm. people wanted me to like do yeah. because I wanted to feel skinnier for them yeah. so I could feel good in their eyes. I'm wearing clothes that actually fit me and are actually comfortable. So it's just yeah. like, like I said, even though I'm 30 pounds heavier, three years later, I still feel better about myself because yeah. I'm doing it for me, yeah. not for other people. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. When you, and when you get to that point, that means that you've set boundaries mm-hmm. with people and situations. And so, oh, yeah. and people are going to react to those boundaries with, yeah. you know, some people will be like, well, you're different and you changed and they're going to be uncomfortable with, with the changes, but that, you know, that's the thing, like that's their problem yeah. to figure out. That is not Dude, the your first time to figure wore, out. The first time I wore shorts or a dress around my family, they were like, who are you? I'm just like, mm, I'm happy. That's who I am. Oh, I love <laughs> don't that. Leave, don't leave me alone. Don't give me that look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can kind so, of fuck off now. Okay. Yeah, literally. I was like, hmm, see you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't need that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, this was, see how easy it is to just like jam and spend an hour. Oh my God. Dude. Wow. And what's so funny is like, I still have like three pages of notes I can talk about. <laughs> well, then we will have to do this again and we'll talk about the next yeah. piece. Yeah, totally. It's, it's easy. It's so easy. Yeah. It yeah. Is. So this, Oh man, we got into mm-hmm. some good stuff here. Yeah, I feel like we dug pretty deep today. It was awesome. It is a lot to unpack, but it was good stuff it to is. unpack. Yeah. yeah, and there's so much more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I look forward to us jamming out again. Heck yeah. And having another episode in depth on this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> Obviously, I have a whole podcast you know, dedicated to it. So, <laughs> duh. But yeah, um, my hope is some people listen to this and it it positively affects and opens their awareness up to the possibilities within themselves and maybe how they can get unstuck when they're working on something and have some aha moments Mm -hmm. um, that takes them a little bit further in what they're working on accomplishing. So Yeah. yeah. So take pride in some of that stuff. I think the biggest piece of advice would just to be just 
try something for a little bit without actually having an end goal. And if it works, yeah. then there you go. Then you know that it's like positively reinforced that. because it feels good. Yes. Connect to how it feels. That's absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I coach some women, um, like the health and wellness women, and we talk about like the, uh, like, like avoiding workouts when you're sick. Or if you're like emotionally not feeling up to it or energetically or whatever, and they feel all this pressure to just do the workout, just do the workout. And my advice always is, well, just do a little test, like do a little bit. Don't commit Mm -hmm. to like a full hour long balls to the wall workout. Do a little bit and then assess how you feel. If you feel better, keep going. If you feel worse, go rest. Oh, also another piece of advice is like, if you find something that works for you, don't change it. Unless you start to get bored with the regimen, then or you, you can stuck. change it a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Adjust. But then like, okay, not to go on another tangent, but like the other day when I was, I started on the treadmill, I was going two minutes on walk, two minutes on running and I wanted to keep running past that two minutes, but I was like, no, like if I'm comfortable doing this two minutes on and off, just stick with that. So I don't burn myself yeah. out, you know? So it's just like, do that with any regimen. I'm proud of you for running. You know? I don't run. I know. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm like, you ran for two minutes straight? I can't fucking do I know, that. Right? I could maybe run for 20 seconds and that is it. Oh, and I don't man. feel bad about that. Like, right, I, no, I can probably don't. get away yeah. from him, maybe get away from a bad guy, but... <laughs> That's all I'm aiming for. That's right, all I'm aiming yeah. for. Oh, hopefully you won't have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other the other thing I, I wanted to get back to, when you were talking about kind of your process of like checking things off and rating it based on how you feel, mm-hmm. another thing that you can do, another tip, and this is what I started doing. So I'm I'm like the sticky note task list queen. Oh, yeah. And I used to really do a disservice to myself because I, in a day I would write down all of these things that I wanted to accomplish in a day. I've talked about this before. And I would then at the end of the day, when I didn't do all of it, I would feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And so what I started doing is every day I'll write down that list of, of things that I want to accomplish, but I've disconnected from like Getting it done in one day. In my head, saying it, like having to do it in a day. And so what I'll do is then as I, as I do things, I'll get that gratification of have getting something done and feeling good about it by placing that check mark next to that one thing. And then telling myself like, I didn't, I didn't not do anything today, but I fucking recorded like today I recorded a podcast episode today. Right. Like, there you go. Holy shit. Off the list. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's great. And I feel good about it. And mm-hmm. I can do nothing else for the rest of the day. Well, not nothing else, but I mean, like, <laughs> like focused work like that. Like, that is good enough for me that I recorded right. an episode that and it yeah. should be. And I feel really good about that. You know, the, the past me wouldn't allow myself to feel good about it because it wasn't enough. It was never enough. It wasn't enough. And we have to we have to get out of that mindset that that you're not enough if you don't do a million things in a day. And so then the next day of the tasks that I didn't check off, I'll just move to the next day. And that's just my running list of to do things. And I just chip away at them. 
Otherwise, if I feel like I have to do it all in a day, I'll avoid all of it for an entire week and then feel really bad. And then it's not. Well, it's that overwhelmed shutdown where it's just like you feel like you have so much stuff to do that you're not going to do anything. You go into freeze. Your nervous system literally goes into freeze and you go into inaction because you're overwhelmed and then you avoid. So then you shift into run away. Like, yeah. Okay. So that actually brings up something that I just made a connection in my brain. So when you have that mindset where you just want to be at that goal, all of that stuff that you know you have to do to get there is going through your brain. You're like, oh my God, I can't all do those all at one time. You know, it's just like, if you're focusing on just that end goal and you know, you have to do all those things, you're not going to get to your end book goal because you have that over that sense of overwhelm. I did this last week with my taxes. I was like, I'm going to get my taxes done this week. And then (laughs) I was thinking about all the shit I have to get together to do it. And I was like, uh, mm. yeah, we're not going to do that. Fuck all that, that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, but I want to get my taxes done. But then I was like, uh, yeah. So I did that all like for over a week. And then mm-hmm. I just, then I logged into, you know, we use whatever the online tax thing is to do our taxes. So then I logged into it and I just got, all I did was I just got started on it. And I've rewired my brain so well that I felt good. Like I gave myself credit for like just getting started. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, it doesn't feel so intimidating now. Cause right. I like, that's what happens a lot of, a lot of times. Like I'll get started or I'll think about the overwhelm of just getting started on something yeah. and it makes me avoid it. I go into freeze and then I flee. I run away. This is what the micromanaging I was talking about is like, okay, so I have this task that I have to get done, which is for this example, taxes. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now I have to start these taxes. And then that's where you, that's usually where you shut down is where like, okay, I have to start this project. Yeah. But then you're like dicking around like, okay, how do I start this project? So what you do is you take like, okay, so now starting the project is now the task. So what do you do? You micromanage that one task, Correct. how to start it. What do I need to start this? Okay. I need last year's taxes yeah. or, you know, last, last year's information. Documents. And then I need yep. documents. And like, yeah, that's okay, literally now- what I did. I, yep. I like, and it wasn't without stress because there was, you know, one form I couldn't find. And I was like, where the fuck is this form? And I was getting all pissed off about it and looking everywhere and I couldn't find it. And then Andy was like, Oh, I think it's with this other stuff. And then I looked there and it wasn't there. So I was like, "Ah." and then I I realized I had a stack of shit that I put somewhere for safekeeping. And I was like, "Uh," and it was in there. So at first I was like, Oh, damn it. I feel stressed for you. Right. So at first I was like, you moron. And you know, it was there the whole time. And, but then I was like, Oh no, I can feel relief now. Cause I found it. I didn't think I was going to be able to find it. Cause I, it yep. was something that should be online too. And it wasn't cause I was trying oh. to troubleshoot by just finding it online and it wasn't online. Right. So I was pissed off no. about that. Damn. And so then I found it and then I was like, okay, no, cool. Like I got it. And now I can plug this in and like, Yay. Relief. So then I let myself feel relieved. We don't let ourselves do this. I let myself feel relief and feel good that I could check that little piece off. Just that tiny piece, that one number I had to stick in a box in my taxes because like I was stressing about it. And then I found it and I was like, oh, okay. Now that feels good. That's a, it's a little piece, but it's actually a big piece because it has allowed me to feel relieved about it. And it was something that I needed in order for this 
whole big thing to be accomplished. And so, yeah, those little pieces add up to the whole big thing. You got to remember that. Well, and I don't think people realize that like even a small task, like you don't know if something's going to go wrong with that one small task. So that one small task can take like a whole day or multiple days, depending on like how important it is to have that piece. you have to be okay with it. Like in the moment you get stressed, like I was stressed out and I was pissed off and I was stomping around the house because I couldn't find it. And then I was like, oh, what if I can't find this? And then it, and it's so funny because like when I just stopped being so worked up about it, like... I was like, oh yeah, there's that pile in that special place. I wonder if it's in there. And then that's where it was. Mm-hmm. Like, Lo and behold. <laughs> it showed up. It showed yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, let yourself, I, you know, I talk a lot about giving yourself permission and giving yourself grace and. Um, that's like a huge part of it though, it's too. Such it's such a just huge like- part of it. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have these high expectations on like small children. And that's no. all we are. We're just kids yeah. that. Because I think about this a lot too, like we are all just kids that like think back to when you were a kid and you didn't really, and this isn't true for a lot of, you know, many people, but when you like really didn't have to worry about anything and all you worried about was just being happy all the time. Yeah. And then life, something happened in life or life progressed to, you know, that time or whatever, an event where all of a sudden you had to worry about other stuff and life wasn't just about being happy anymore. Like we Mm -hmm. need to get back to where we were disillusioned and led astray into like not thinking about, well, what makes me happy? What's fun? What's fun? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think something, here's another thing that I live by. I don't know if this is like a quote I heard from somewhere or if I just kind of like was like one day I snapped and I was like, you know what? I don't care. Uh, So, is there anything you can do about a situation? Yes. Then why are you going to worry about it? You can do something about it. If you can't do anything about it, same thing. Why Why are you going to worry about it if there's nothing you can do? So either control. way, yeah. if there's something you can do about it, you shouldn't worry about it. If there's nothing you can do about it, there's no reason to worry about it because mm-hmm. it's going to happen that way anyway. Yeah, you know? I think what happens is people... For me, what happens in those types of situations, I worry about the choice. Which choice should I make? Mm. Yeah, you know, but then all that and that's because all of that old stuff comes up for me on people pleasing and doing the right perfect thing. The perfectionism comes up. And so uh, those are the times when you feel that way, you feel that anxiety or that pressure, that worry. Those are the times where you need to slow down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take a step back. See the bigger picture. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of trying to rush or feel pressured to make a decision quickly, because that's that instant gratification thing too. Like I need to decide now I need to do now. Yeah. Yeah. What are you visualizing your end result as, you know, is is this choice reconnect with your body? So Mm -hmm. think about each choice. And instead of, cause what we do is we pick the choice that society tells us is the right choice. And we struggle yeah. between that choice and the one that feels good inside typically. And then we overthink it and then things get mushed up and then we have no fucking idea, but this is what happens in my head anyway. And I think it's, you know, kind of general for a lot of people, but like pause and really connect with each option 
and then choose the one that you feel that makes you feel better in your body. That makes you feel better in your soul that your inner knowing is like, this is the direction to go in. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's, you can't do that when you're by yourself because all the old stuff is muddling up, muddling it all up. So you might mm-hmm. need to, you know, ask someone, hey, can I, you know, can I talk to you about something that I'm having a hard time making a choice around? And then you can, it helps you kind of organize and see things more more clearly because you're bouncing it off of somebody else and they might bring up something you haven't thought about because the old stuff is not allowing clarity to to take over. And so that's my advice for that process. Do I right. follow my right. own advice? Not all the time. <laughs> not all the <laughs> because time. Because the old it's stuff comes up. And right. it, yeah. And that, right. the, old, the old shit, the yeah. coping mechanisms, the way you've always done and thought all mm-hmm. starts operating instead of taking pause and giving yourself a break and slowing down. Yeah. So, all right. So this was a lot to, <laughs> to, yeah, we had a lot going Unpack. on. Yeah. We unpacked a lot. We talked about a lot, but I think it was an awesome conversation. We're definitely going to do it yet again and dive into some more of this stuff. Um, oh, yeah. cause I think it's so beneficial for people who struggle with this stuff. And so thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, fun. I kind of, I kind of coerced you into coming on. Well, not really. I asked you if you'd you be really twisted my arm there, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really. But yeah, I was writing that message to you and, and I was like, yeah, like this is really good. I think we could, you know, I, I could Definitely. And I started thinking about, okay, like what are some of the things? And then I was like, actually, this would be way better if you just came on and yeah. yeah. Way easier. Yeah. mm -hmm, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's schedule our next one. We should. We sure. Okay. That's a wrap on this episode. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on and Mm -hmm. we'll have you back and we'll do another one. Yay. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end or we will go on forever as we already have. Thanks everybody for listening. If you haven't already, I'd love if you subscribe to my podcast, share this episode. I always share snippets and sneak peeks and episode details on my Instagram, Facebook. So be sure to help spread the word on all this good stuff so more people can listen in and change their lives if they feel stuck too. So give me a follow on Instagram at Jen Whitens. Go stalk me on Facebook, Jenny Whitens on there if you want. Add me as a friend if you want. I'm totally cool with that. You can also email me if you feel so inclined. If social media isn't your thing, I totally don't blame you there. Email me at jen at jenwhitenswellness.com. And if you're interested in my Confidently Clear and Connected Community membership, go check out the details there to help with all of the stuff we were talking about in this episode. Boundaries, mindset, all of it. I have a community dedicated to working through all of that stuff. It's women only and it's a membership and it's private. So if you're interested in those details, it's completely affordable. Go check that out at jenwhitenswellness.com. And any other of my one-on-one services, if you're looking for a mentor, you can message me and and get connected with that and we'll meet up and see if it's right for you. So thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Shed the Shame. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love if you subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please share it with anyone that you think it would resonate with. If you feel so inspired to, please leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode on Facebook or Instagram. I greatly, greatly appreciate your love and support. 